Welcome to our online study. Today as we continue our journey through the end time events, we are going to be looking at the signs of Christ's return. Now, when we talk about the signs of his return, we are talking about the signs that show his second coming is drawing close. You know, you've heard the saying, when you see the Christmas decorations, you know Christmas is coming, right? And that if Christmas is coming, that means that Thanksgiving is just around the corner and we start preparing for the holidays. Well, Christ is saying here in the book of Matthew that when you see the signs, you know that his returning is drawing close. And so if his returning is drawing close, that means that the rapture is just around the corner because that comes before the second coming, right? So we need to be prepared for his coming and his return. Today's study is going to be mainly in the book of Matthew. So if you can turn over to the book of Matthew and look at chapter 24. As we see in verse 3, Christ was sitting on the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple when his disciples asked about the signs of his coming and the end of the age. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? Well, Christ didn't answer that question with, Don't worry about it. You'll know when I come. No, he actually gave the second longest message recorded in Scripture, which we find in Matthew 24 and 25, which is also known as the Olivet Discourse. So, if it was that important for Christ to answer over a course of two chapters, I believe it is that important for us to study, don't you? Well, this was the second longest. Did you know that the longest message in Scripture was the Sermon on the Mount that we see in Matthew 5 through chapter 7? And that was actually a public sermon given to multitudes in Galilee near the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry. And what's interesting is, by contrast, the Olivet Discourse was a private message to his disciples in Jerusalem near the end of his earthly ministry. Now, remember, at this time, the Israelites believed that when their Messiah came, he would fully recover all that had been lost in their years of foreign exile and subsequent centuries of foreign oppression. Remember, based on Old Testament promises in the Abrahamic and Davidic covenants that we had talked about in a previous class, that they believed that the Messiah would fulfill those covenant promises and reestablish the Davidic throne in Jerusalem and bless the nation with glory that was unprecedented and unimaginable. Now, when you think of the Israelites thinking that, think about the disciples' expectations. It was no different. If anything, they regarded these things as nearer than most in Israel because they already knew with certainty that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So they thought that they were on the very threshold of seeing his earthly kingdom established. So you can see why they were so puzzled and troubled as they asked, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age in verse 3. Now, comparing scripture with scripture, it becomes unmistakably clear that the tribulation period described here in the Olivet Discourse is the same era signified by the last 
of the 70th prophetic weeks referred to in Daniel chapter 9 verses 25 to 27 that we discussed last week. Now a lot of times when you're talking about the signs of Christ's return, it is illustrated through birth pangs. We get this from Matthew 24 verse 8. Let's look at that. It says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, the word sorrows here is from the Greek term Odin, which speaks of the travail and the pain of childbirth. Some of your translations may already have translated sorrows into birth pangs. Now, as we see, the signs will intensify as time gets closer to Christ's second coming just like birth pangs increase in intensity as it gets closer to childbirth, right? So before we begin with the signs of Christ's return, I'd like you to watch a video clip that kind of depicts a lot of these signs that we're going to be talking about. Please watch. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. When you see all these things, you know it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be son of man. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Okay that really shows a lot of the different signs doesn't it? Well let's turn over to Matthew chapter 24 verses 2 through 9. As we begin to look at the signs of Christ's return. Let's read that. It says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the sorrows. Then 
They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Well, as we see in verses 4 through 9, ladies, that this describes the early days of the tribulation period, a time referred to as the beginning of sorrows or the beginning of birth pangs. So let's look. There's four signs mentioned here. First, we see in verse 5 is the false messiahs. Then in verse 6 through 7, we see the world violence, which is where you'll see the wars and rumors of wars, you know, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. And then the third sign is the natural disasters, as we see in verses 7 through 8. And then the fourth is the severe religious persecution in verse 9. Now, these are the signs that we are going to be looking at today. Now, next week, as we look further into the tribulation period, we will cover more signs. So let's begin. The first sign that we see here is false messiahs. Let's read that again in verse 5. And it says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Ladies, we all know that false messiahs are not anything new, right? We have had numerous notorious false messiahs down through the ages. For example, you remember Jim Jones, who was the People's Temple leader in 1978, where they had a mass suicide of more than 900 temple members in Jonestown, Guyana. And then there was David Koresh, who was the leader of the Branch Davidian religious sect. He believed he himself was to be its final prophet. In 1993 in Waco, Texas, they were all burned in a fire. And then you had Sung Young Moon, who was a South Korean citizen, founder and leader of the Unification Church, which is a worldwide cult. You know, a lot of the, the followers were called the Moonies. Well, his followers numbered in the millions, and they believed that he was the Messiah sent by God to complete the earthly mission of Jesus. And then there is the Brazilian religious leader, Enre Cristo, who claimed to be Jesus Christ reincarnated. Well, a lot of us remember the Heaven's Gate cult and Marshall Applewhite. Well, he died in the mass suicide in 1997 along with his followers in Rancho Santa Fe, California. Remember, they believed that a UFO would take their souls to heaven after they died. Remember the comet that was circling. And so at that particular time, they all committed suicide thinking that they would be taken up to heaven on a UFO. Then you have a gentleman in Japan who was a self-proclaimed Jesus Christ. In 1997, he also established the World Economic Community Party based on his conviction that he is the God in Christ. And then we go over to Russia and we see Vissarion. And he claims also to be Jesus Christ reincarnated. Now he has 4,000 followers in around 30 villages around where he is. And he also has 10,000 followers all around the world. Now, the false messiah that is really frightening to me is Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda, 
based out of Miami, Florida. In an article in June of 2009, he claimed to be both the Antichrist and Jesus Christ. It is said that he had a million followers and he actually orders his members to put a tattoo of 666 on their body. As you can see on the screen, there are pictures here of members of children with 666 tattooed on them. He even has the 666 tattoo on his forearm also. He claims that this represents the new Christ and it identifies them as the new Christians. Ladies, when you think about how easily people are deceived, it is so frightening. I could go on and on. This is just a handful of cult leaders who claim to be the incarnation of Christ in our lifetime. It is actually scary to see how many people can be so easily deceived. Now these are just classic false messiahs and they have already deceived so many naive people. Well, ladies, such deception during the tribulation period is going to be even worse. It is going to reach epidemic portions. You remember the church is taken out of the world at this time. Remember, the rapture comes before the second coming, before the tribulation starts. So the believers are all taken out. The Holy Spirit is not there. And so the deceivers, it's going to be so easy for them to deceive, for these false religions to work more freely. This is why Jesus Christ warns in Matthew 24, verse 4, to take heed that no one deceives you. He uses a word here that speaks of keeping one's eyes open, remaining watchful. Ladies, we ought to always be on guard against religious deceivers, but this will become especially crucial for those living in the tribulational period when deceit and false religion will virtually have free reign. The second sign that we are to look at is world violence, where we hear of the wars and rumors of wars. Let's read verses 6 through just the first part of verse 7. It says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I have a clip here to show you different aspects of our wars and rumors of wars. Please watch.
Ladies, the end time birth pangs will also include wars and rumors of wars. Again, we have had multiple wars throughout the ages and each one seems to make us look up for Christ's return, don't they? World War One, they were looking up for his return and then you had World War Two and the atomic bomb. Well, we have had many wars and different things since that. But just remember the analogy of birth pangs, that it suggests that the talk of war will steadily increase in frequency and in intensity as the return of Christ approaches. Scripture teaches that Christ will return in the middle of an enormous battle, which we will talk about at a later date. But ladies, you can't help but see the tensions rising on TV, on the internet, and when you look at your local newspaper. Iran is constantly in the news and is a big threat. The president, Ahmadinejad, has said that he wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. In an article in an Israeli news, the Iranian president, Ahmadinejad, mocks international efforts to keep tabs on his nuclear program. He has been testing long-range missiles which places Israel and southeastern Europe in its range. While well, and then you have Russian Prime Minister Putin warning against military action targeting Iran and imposing new sanctions to curb its nuclear program. Well ladies with the help of Russia Iran enriches its nuclear future. Russia is in fact supplying an Iranian nuclear facility with uranium fuel. Now the tension between US and Iran heightened dramatically when the disclosure that President Barack Obama is deploying a missile shield to protect American allies in the Gulf from the attack of Tehran. We have the Pakistani minister who wants President Obama to be the leader of all Muslims. At the festival they had on September 11th, they actually wanted Obama to announce that he was going to be the leaders of all Muslims. You have the EU minister who said Jerusalem should be shared. And then as we saw in our video, remember China's army is growing larger and larger, which will play a huge role in being prophecy being fulfilled. Lady Scripture tells us that we are not to be troubled when we hear of all these wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 6. It says, And you will hear of the wars and rumors of war, but see that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Ladies, this should not make us afraid, but should stir in our hearts excitement, because the more that happens, the quicker Christ returns. Remember, these signs are of the second coming, so the rapture will come before that. And then the third sign is natural disasters. Let's look at verses 7 through 8. And we're going to look at the part B of verse 7, where it says, And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I have a really interesting video here on natural disasters. Please watch. 
again one afternoon last November when he checked on some of his hives in Florida. When I pulled into a bee yard in Florida with the 400 hives of bees that three weeks before that looked great. And all of a sudden here we got roughly 400 beehives that are totally empty. The bees were all gone. They're gone. I mean, where'd they go? Don't know. I mean, I literally got down and crawled around. I mean, seriously, I got down on my hands and knees and crawled around. And then there's no dead bees. There are no dead bees anywhere. I mean, you can't find any. They flew off someplace. And never came back. Never came home. Did you ever seen that before? No. What, you're telling me that these people that dumped this AIDS-tainted blood in foreign countries, yep. who killed children, have not been have not been taken to task in the it's, United States? It's, it's worse than that. The U.S. government allowed it to happen. The FDA allowed this to happen. And now the government's completely looking the other way. Thousands of innocent hemophiliacs have died from the AIDS virus. And not only they're dying, their family members are dying because they're becoming... That video really says it all, doesn't it? We have seen the devastation of earthquakes, volcanoes, and hurricanes, plus the devastation of the tsunamis and the mudslides have just been horrendous. Ladies, we see, just like birth pains, how they get worse and worse as it gets closer to the delivery of the baby. We have seen our weather actually getting worse and worse over the years. In the tribulation period, it will only be more intense. It was actually reported that there were 323 tornadoes in the United States through the end of March in 2008, which was confirmed by the National Weather Service damage surveys. Well, ladies, this is compared to a 10-year average of 146 during that same period. This means that 2008 actually started with 2.2 times as many tornadoes as the 10-year average. Ladies, we have seen the results of famine, haven't we, on the TV and on the internet, where there's organizations that are trying to send food and money and supplies to these people. On the video that we watched, it showed that there are around 5 million people that starve to death each year. Ladies, that's Five million people each year. That totals up to 30,273 people starve to death each day. And it's only going to get worse in the end times. Another aspect of this sign is pestilences. Einstein actually said, If the honeybee ever disappeared, man will only have four years left to live. Ladies, the bees are dying out more and more. And you can see how we depend so much on this little bee. And yet, as Einstein says, you will only have four years to left if they all disappear. Times are getting rough. Times are getting close. Ladies, please watch this really fascinating 
video on locusts. There is no other species on the planet that responds as quickly and as dramatically to the good times as the desert locust. Eggs that have remained in the ground for 20 years begin to hatch. The young locusts are known as hoppers, for at this stage they are flightless. They find new feeding grounds by following the smell of sprouting grass. Normally, it takes four weeks for hoppers to become adults. But when the conditions are right, as now, their development switches to the fast track. As the vegetation in one place begins to run out, the winged adults release pheromones, scent messages, which tell others in the group that they must move on. And when groups merge, they form a swarm. literally hundreds of tons of vegetation. They have to keep on moving. The swarm travels with the wind. It's the most energy-saving way of flying. Following the flow of wind means that they're always heading toward areas of low pressure, places where wind meets rain and vegetation starts to grow. As they fly, swarms join up with other swarms to form gigantic plagues several billion strong and as much as 40 miles wide. They will consume every edible thing that lies in their path. It's rarely seen on this scale, and it won't last long. Once the food has gone, the steady roar of a billion beating locust wings will once again be replaced by nothing more than the sound of the desert wind. Australia plague of locusts the size of Spain. Millions of quick breeding and fast moving insects have damaged crops and caused havoc in the country towns by infesting parts of Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. 
covering approximately 500,000 square kilometers, roughly the size of Spain. Hundreds of thousands of hectares of crops of early sown wheat and barley, as well as pastures and gardens, have been eaten by the widespread infestation of the native Australian pests. Local media said the insects had already wiped out thousands of hectares of crops and were also damaging grazing areas, gardens, and the key agricultural area. One farmer has about 1,000 acres which will have to be re-sown. The insects which destroyed some earlier planned crops were set to multiply in the coming months as the offspring hatched. Come in the middle of September through to October, in that entire inland area, we will expect to see some very large infestations again. Swarms are expected in southern Queensland and northern South Wales, areas which last month were flooded after heavy rains broke out after almost a decade of drought. So if we add this all up, we have hailstorms, we have flooding, we have mudslides, we have fish falling from the sky, and now we have a plague of locusts the size of Spain. Something is going on in Australia. Ladies, I found this really fascinating that God's creation is so smart, isn't it? That they know as they're going through and they're eating this crop, the adults know that their food supply is about ready to run out and they need to travel on to their next location. And so they put out this pheromone and it alerts everybody to take flight and go and they all go and pretty soon they're going from crop to crop to crop in Australia they're showing here of how this huge area was just filled which was the size of Spain that many locusts eating up the crops destroying them ladies you can see how in the end times when it says that there is going to be pestilences that this can destroy so many crops and how they automatically can fill so many of them and you think about the plagues that they had back in pharaoh's day right so it's possible you can really see the times coming and here we have right there in australia all these different things happening we have seen all these disasters happening all over the world with earthquakes tsunamis tornadoes hurricanes ladies the birth pangs are getting stronger our fourth sign is severe religious persecution. And again, we have seen through history the persecution of Christians. You know, when you look at the voice of martyrs, it shows today of Christians still being martyred for their faith. Ladies, we are living in a day and age that we are losing our freedoms more and more. I have a video clip that I'd like you to watch of some gentlemen who are actually handing out gospel tracts and the police stop them. Please watch. All right, David Wood with my friends uh, Paul and Antonio here. We're uh, not actually going to go into the festival right now. Uh, because we know automatically they're going to lock us up no matter what we do. They'll lie about us. Uh, it's just a way of life here in Dearborn if you're a Christian. So we brought a case of copies of the Gospel of John in English and Arabic. We try standing outside of the festival and handing some of them out. I suspect they're going to stop us even then. But uh, we'll see. We hope that there's no problems.
at this. They weren't here three minutes. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. to give a gospel of Jesus Christ here in Dearborn. Hey, I'm Paul. Um, I'm here on the corner of Warren and Frida in Dearborn, Michigan, United States. And uh, if I were to take this gospel of Jesus Christ uh, by John, St. John and hand it out to anyone on the street, uh, I will be put in jail again. Thank you. 
Well, now I'm about a trillion miles away from the Arab Festival in the corner of Warner, Warren, and Wyoming. And if I walk a little bit past this intersection, I will finally, finally have the freedom here on a public street in the United States of America to hand out a copy of the gospel. That's where I have to go. So uh, I just hope that Americans will start paying attention to what's going on here in Dearborn. Name me any city in the United States where I could not stand on a public street outside the festival where I could not hand out information about my beliefs. You won't find one. So I hope you pay attention to what's going on in America because something's not right here. Ladies, we are losing our freedoms where you can't even hand out a gospel track on a public sidewalk. In this video you saw not only were these gentlemen just peaceful, but they were just handing out tracts as the Muslims came out of this festival. Some took their tracts, some didn't. They didn't force them on them, they were just standing there, just handing out tracts. But look how many police officers came out to prevent them from just handing out a gospel tract. And then you saw how the vast area in Dearborn of where in public areas they would be arrested for just handing out a gospel tract. Ladies, we are losing our freedoms when we can't even stand on a public sidewalk and just simply hand out a gospel tract. I have another video that I'd like you to watch that on December 6, 2008 in Atlanta, Georgia, there were some CNN security guards that took down and handcuffed a citizen for spreading the gospel on a public sidewalk. Please watch. You know where the property line begins? Um, I, I've been out here preaching. I'm, I'm not asking what you're doing. What I'm asking and, uh, is do you know where the property line begins? You know, I, I, honestly, yes, I'm standing on public property right now. You think you are? I did. You're not. I'm standing on what is called a no, side, not. what is called a sidewalk. Sorry. If it looks like a sidewalk, it acts like listen a sidewalk. It's a sidewalk. If you don't listen, you're going to jail. You win the sign. You can take that. We're saying this is a public sidewalk. You don't listen, you don't put that in the face. You, gotta you, you, you just told me I'm going to jail. Isn't it tragic when you see all these police officers, all these security guards, and they're trying to stop the gospel from being spread? I have one last video that I'd like you to watch. After these gentlemen received permission to preach, I'd like you to watch what happens. Yeah, so we can okay. preach on the sidewalks and on the street. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, y'all. Thank you very much. Y'all right. be good. All right. Unreal, man. I'm going to ask you to leave. Leave this public sidewalk? I'm going to ask you to leave Cherry Street, Mulberry Street, and this immediate area. I'm going to ask you to leave. The officer that talked to us earlier, who okay. said he was in charge, said we were allowed to stand on this public sidewalk. Okay, I'm okay. Superior. I'm asking you to leave the downtown area in the confinements of chair blocks. Okay, and if we don't... the law, sir? Well, ask you. Who, who's who's going to keep up with the kids? Lieutenant Woodford. Are you, Woodford. Lieutenant Are you Woodford. able to keep up with the kids? 
because I'm about to put somebody in jail. Okay, so if we don't leave, you're going to arrest us? Yes. Okay, that's what we need to know. Okay, let's go. Let's go. No, I said we're going to leave. Let's go. Well, you better let's go. No, we're going to leave right now. Okay. I just had to ask. Okay, goodbye. I had to get that answer. Well, goodbye. Can we walk? You guys are in a way right now. Goodbye. Okay. All I want to know is who's going to watch the kids. Because I don't want to put the kids in Sergeant, what happened to this public sidewalk? Yes, we're walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. Okay. Well, I want you to leave the downtown area now. Okay. All right, we're going. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You want me to take that? So here again, this time these gentlemen asked permission to be able to stand on this public sidewalk and preach the gospel from a police officer and that police officer gave them permission. Within a few seconds after that, you see another gentleman coming along telling them they had to leave. Ladies, we are losing our freedom. This should not go on. But this is what is going to happen. The birth pangs are getting stronger as we get closer to Christ's return. We are losing our freedom. But remember, God said, do not be troubled. Look up, ladies. And I just pray that as you see all of this, that it will enheighten in your heart a sense of peace to know that God is coming but also set in your heart in urgency that we need to witness to our family members, witness to our friends, get the gospel out to these people. Let them know that Christ is coming soon. The time is drawing close. We are seeing the beginning of the birth pangs. Now, how long those birth pangs are going to last, only God knows. We are not setting dates we are not saying that it's going to happen at any specific time. But ladies, look at the times that you're in and look up. God can come at any moment. There is nothing that is holding him back. Until next week, God bless.